Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Mike Russin. Happy Sunday. Glad to spend some time with you guys. We got uh, heading to the gym now. Cleaning ladies coming over on Sunday instead of Monday because my parents are coming into town today. So my great-grandma, great-grandma, which is crazy that I still had a great-grandma. I'm 31 years old. How many people that are 31 have a great-grandma that's, well, she just died, but I... <laughs> I'm not laughing at that, just the just juxtaposition of this, those statements. But anyways, um, she, uh, my mom and her were very close. She like really helped to raise my mom. And because uh, my mom's real dad, like my real quote-unquote grandpa, blood grandpa, we've never met. I don't think my mom's ever met. Um, we don't know if he's alive. We don't know if he's... I think he died a couple years ago, actually. So the the dad that... The real dad that raised my mom, uh, uh, Grandpa Jim, passed... I want to say it was 2007. Something like that. Um, but yeah, anyways, this is my mom's grandma. She passed away. Uh, so my parents... She, she was in Boston, and obviously we're in Maine. Um, so there's going to be a, a service in Franklin, Mass. <clears throat> so we, uh, my, my mom and dad, we were just, we just left their house. And of course we leave at 3.30 in the morning. We weren't sure that Geneva was going to come with me. So it, it works out perfectly. We left a laptop there and a charger, diapers. I did, I left my trace minerals, my pre-workout, my Nutramax, whatever. That's uh, my Intramax, uh, formula. I left a bunch of stuff there. So it, <laughs> works out perfectly that they're so they're coming up to stay with us uh and i think the service is the 10th something like that i want to say uh oh i gotta plan around that i don't know if i'm gonna be able to do my normal meet well figure it out um anyways stephanie i know you listen to these pretty regularly don't let me forget to number one figure out what day and time the service is and number two let's plan around that for our various obligations Shoot, what is today? Hold on, everybody. Uh, dude, it might be tomorrow. That's going to be interesting. Um, okay, so... Uh, well, that threw me off a little bit. See, I just... Man, I'm... I, details. Okay, this is another learning lesson for me. I'm so bad with details. I like... I need a... I have, a, you know, Rachel, my executive assistant, I just wish she was, like, attached to the side of my face <laughs> because I wish she could experience everything I experience in real time because I'd never, I'd never skip a beat. I'd never skip a beat. Problem is, she lives in Pittsburgh, I live in Maine, something gets, something happens, I don't tell her about it, and then it doesn't get scheduled. I'm the type of person, like, if it's not in my schedule... I ain't showing up. I'm not going to be there. You could tell me 15 times. And if it's not on my schedule, I'm going to, not intentionally, but I'm going to find a way to just screw, screw it up. Um, I'm a naturally disorganized person. Um, I've always done things on the fly. I've always flown by the sand. It's worked quite well. But, uh, you know, when I started to gain some ground in business, I realized that I needed to become organized. And this is a good lesson. If you, uh, it's just one of those things I'm just inherently not good at. Like I am inherently impatient. And has my patience gotten better? Yes. Have I become more organized over time? Yes. But there comes a point where, like, all right, I need to achieve these this set of goals, and it's going to take a long time to learn how to be organized. It's going to take a long time 
to learn how to be more patient, so I should hire somebody. You know what I mean? That's there comes a point where you just you gotta hire somebody, or else you're gonna lose a bunch of ground. I'm gonna stop here and get a C4. No, I'm gonna get a bang. I had a great workout yesterday with Brent. Tortured that boy. I had a kid, a kid found me on TikTok, and he's like, I think you go to the same gym as me, and he's like, this is the best. I don't get a lot of nice things said about me online. He's like, uh, he's like, what did he say? He's like, dude, you are literally the hardest working person in that gym, and everybody knows it. Best compliment I've heard in, the, in years. Like, here's a great example. You can make progress in the gym on your own, or you can make exponential progress hiring a trainer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you could get good at lifting and working out and learning, you know, the proper rep range and weight, all its form, all that, on your own. But if I were to take two guys with similar genetics, similar uh, athleticism, you know, similar body types, similar level of cardiovascular health, all that, and I have one just hit the gym five days a week on his own, and I have the other one hit the gym five days a week with a trainer. Who do you think is going to be? It's, the answer is obvious, right? So, um, you know, you have to think, and I know not everybody's in a position that listens to me to hire staff, which I'm, I'm telling you guys, please, I, find, you've got to find a way to get yourself out of the rat race, like the nine to five employee rat race, and get yourself into a position of self-employment. You have to, have to, have to. There is nothing better. I, I'm not, I'm not saying this to brag or boast. I'm because I, I want this for all of you as bad as I want it for myself. And if you know me well enough, I can remember when we started the staffing company. There were weeks where I would dip into my own pockets out of my personal account to pay so that my employees wouldn't see a massive pay cut on weeks that we were a little off. You know, I'm very self-sacrificial when it comes to... So when I say things on here that sound arrogant or like I'm I'm not. And here's the biggest thing at the foundation of it all is I know it can all be taken away from me in a second. It It takes one, I don't know, for everything to be stripped away from me if that's God's will. You know what I mean? Or from operating outside of God's will. So when I sit here and I say, oh, dude, being a business owner is great. I'm not saying it like, ha, 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 you loser. I'm saying it like, dude, join me, please, and I will help you. Listen to me on here. So money, we've, we've talked about this many, many times, but I want to reiterate this concept. Money flows to where, to the people that solve problems. So my consulting company, people have problems with either their sales development or their leadership. I have a solution. I'll get you, I'll make you better. The staffing company that Stephanie runs now, the problem is, is that, you know, some life insurance companies, you need a certain number of new associates to keep a bonus and just inherently for growth. Recruiting takes a lot of time. Recruiting's very hit or miss. So why don't we start the most reliable staffing company in the world? That's that's another example. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, being a personal trainer. Somebody wants to get fit. Somebody wants to get into shape. They don't know how. Boom. Problem solved. I'm a trainer. So the, the money flows to where 
the problems are like it's like uh, then the problem solver creates a vacuum. Like money is everywhere. I've told y'all the the reptile overlords that eat and have sex with kids uh, are they're printing money every single day. They are printing money every so. By the way, I can't wait to see that new movie uh, with the guy from The Passion of the Christ, Mel Gibson's movie. Um, very. Did, did you have you guys read about what happened during the filming of The Passion? Jim Kevez Zeal, I don't know his last name really, but the guy, the the guy that played Jesus, the guy that's the protagonist in this new child sex trafficking movie. Bro, he was struck by lightning, I think, twice. He got pneumonia. Like, a lot of crazy stuff happened during the filming of that uh, that movie. But anyways, money flows to where people... It flows to the people that solve problems, right? The invention of automobiles. I want to go from A to B, but I want to get there quicker. My horse can't get there as fast as... Okay, boom, cars. You know what I'm saying? Like, money flows. Okay, I want to be able to talk and send a picture of my little new baby to my family on the west coast okay boom done cell phones iphones you know what i'm saying and this whole ai thing man ai is terrifying terrifying guys i've had a few people ask me what my opinion on ai is and my opinion on ai is that i think it is going to do far more harm than good what, you know, what else could we possibly, all, all that it can do, so there's there's a concept in economics called diminishing marginal returns, which means that each additional unit added brings less value, right? So, for example, if I have five computers and three workers, the addition of another worker allows the use for the fourth computer, right? So productivity goes up, all right? Now i got five computers and four workers. I add a fifth worker. Boom. Another person's using the computer. The last one left. Productivity goes up because I have all five computers being utilized by five people. But if I add a sixth worker, a seventh worker, and an eighth worker, I've only got five computers. So the addition of each of those workers diminishes. The return that I get per additional worker goes down exponentially. So at what point... Do technology and convenience, the marginal returns from those, meet the and start to where does at what point does the risk associated with technological advancement outweigh the return that we're getting from the advancement of said technology? Do you guys understand what I'm saying? So it's like AI is um you know, I see on TikTok this video this morning of this um, tank, and it's a fully automated tank. You don't need a human driver. Fully automated, and dude, it's got these crazy armor-piercing, uh, <coughs> armor-piercing uh, rounds that can go through two-inch thick plates. I don't think you guys understand how thick two inches of armor is. It's very thick. Um, it's got another round that it's a smart round that you can you can program to blow up at a certain point in the air. So like if your enemy's behind cover, you fire that round and as it passes over with the enemies hiding behind, it blows up in the air above their head. And it's just 
it's fully automated. So it's like, have we not seen the Terminator? <laughs> you know I mean? Have we not seen all these other sci-fi movies? It's like, it, it's very, very scary. I mean, these things, AI could shut down the electrical grid. AI could take over the internet. AI, I mean, it's a self, once it starts to, and it already is, self-teaching. What's even scarier is when these entities start to communicate with one another. Um, I don't know. And the thing is, is you have everybody now that the technology is out there, you've got an, you've got 17-year-old kids in their basement messing with this stuff. There's, it's unregulated. There's no regulations. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm very anti-government, but I'm also very pro. I don't want giant armored tanks that thing because some of these AIs have come out and said that the, the the solution to all of our problems is there for to be for there to be no more humans. So it's like ah, oh, gee whiz, bro. We gotta we gotta have a bunch of armored tanks and drones. Think about all the drones that the government. I mean, just it is uh, nukes. The nukes. Everything's on the grid. You know what I'm saying? It's like AI takes that over. I don't know. There's what mechanism is what mechanism is, is, is in place? Is there a shutoff valve? Like what? I think the I don't know. Very scary. Very, 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 very scary. But anyways, going back to what we were saying before. Um, you gotta learn to solve problems. So think about what your skills are. What's your skill set and how can you leverage that skill set? to solve problems. And if you don't have a skill set, go go learn one. You know, a good buddy of mine, Sam, that was in the life insurance industry with me, you know, now he's very good with his hands. He's very good with carpentry. Now he's so what's so he's he's making things with his hands. He's he's a carpenter. He makes axes and chairs and tables and you know he started this business now where he's making a decent amount of money last time I talked to him. Um solving problems. I want a table for my dining room. I don't know how to make a table. I also want it to be custom. I don't want it to be something that you could just walk into Lowe's and find. Boom. Here you go. Custom table. You know what I'm saying? Like that? You got to find a way to bring value to the lives of others via solving problems. There is, again, I can't stress to you how much money there is out there. There is money everywhere. Everywhere. Trillions and trillions and there's an unfathomable mubble, unfathomable amount of money in the world. Like you can't even fathom. We can't wrap our little pea brains around one trillion and there's multiple trillions. You know, being, there's you guys have to understand, please listen to me when I say this, the get a decent job, buy a house, the, that model is no longer viable. The middle class is being, I think, purposefully choked out because you can't, you can't have a, you can't have a true capitalistic, well, you can't have a true democracy, rather, let's talk more on the, on the, you know, political as opposed to economic side. You can't have a true democracy without a middle class. If you have a huge disproportionate amount of wealth up top and then a bunch of peon peasants that are completely broke at the bottom, that is a system 
We've seen it time and time again where socialism and communism, boom, step in. For a democracy to thrive and be self-sustaining, you need a middle class. And I just saw a report yesterday that said that um, the average American said that they would need about $230,000 a year to feel comfortable. That's less than 1% of the United States. So that tells me if less than 1% of the United States make, I mean, maybe it's 2 to 3%, I think 1% is 300,000. Uh, so 2 to 3%. That tells me that 97% of Americans are under some kind of financial strain or severe duress. And most are. Like I said the other day when I was talking to uh, staff on the staffing company, people's pre-licensing fees like between 65 and 75 bucks. And if we interview, if they interview 500 people in a week over there, like 200 of them can't afford, dude, don't get in my ass. You see this line of traffic in front of me? It's always these women, dude. Anytime I see somebody aggressively get up in my rear end when I'm driving, it's either a teenage kid, a little boy, or it's a grown woman. Why can't women drive? What's the deal with that? I don't get it. I, I guess, yes, yes, I do. I do get it. It's the same reason why I just don't have the same, I don't know. That's why there's a difference between mothers and fathers. And, you know, anyways, we don't have to go down that rabbit hole. Every time I look up, it's some woman aggressively, you know, the big, a big, uh, you know, ladies, those big stupid sunglasses look so stupid. <laughs> Those big sunglasses, hair up in a ponytail because you woke up late because you were out drinking last night. Put zero effort into looking presentable. That annoys me. It really bothers me uh, seeing disheveled women in public and men. It both. Both. It's not just, it's not female exclusively to females. But it's especially with females. It just tells me, you know, like you just don't care. No effort. You know what I mean? Like... I'm not saying you got to wear makeup. My wife rarely wears makeup. She doesn't need to because she's beautiful without it. Most women are more beautiful without it. But like make an effort. Oh, yoga pants, sweatshirt. You know, I don't go out dressed to the nines. But like I, I make sure that I, my beard is oil. My face, I got oil on my face and beard. And it's combed. And my shirt's tucked in. You know what I mean? I'm not out here. I don't know. It's whatever. Whatever. I'm just finding things to nitpick about. But it's, I'm serious. I just try to, like, I don't, like, dress up like I used to. But I uh, always try to be prepared for opportunity. Let's just put it that way. Let's just put it that way. Let's always try to be, instead of me berating people, let me just tell you, let's always try to be prepared for opportunity. You know, if I'm a single woman and I'm approaching my late 20s or 30s, because there's a lot of these cases, and I have a lot of these women talk to me, like, where do I find, they're not doing, they're not doing this in a bad, like, trying to encroach on my marriage. They're just like, what do you, where do I, how do I find a man like you? Okay, I get a question, and I'm not trying to be, I'm not the biggest catch on the planet. There's plenty of other guys that you, most women would, would rather be with, okay? But, you know. I like to think that I'm a decent man, and I'm a provider, and I'm a protector, right? I'm a man of values and principle, and I stick by those things, and I think now, 
more than ever, that's becoming rarer and rarer and rarer. So more and more women, I, I just, let's just put it this way. I get asked many, many times a week, how do I find a guy like you? Where would I go? What, what I, I'm going to tell you. Here we go, ladies. I'm going to tell you how you find a good man. And I'm not perfect by any means. But I take care of my wife and I take care of my kid. Um, And I think just like I said, you want to always, like if I were a young man trying to make money, everywhere I went, I would be dressed very well. I would have a very sharp haircut. I'd be very well spoken. I'd be very well uh, alert because you never know who you're going to run into. You never know who you're going to run into. I did a lot of my networking early in my career and met a lot of influential people just by being well-dressed, well-spoken, sharp. I'd go to bars. I'd sit at bars at fancy restaurants. If I saw a guy sit down with a Rolex next to me, I was going to have a conversation with him. You know what I mean? And many men were very, very, very open to having a conversation with me because I was well-dressed and well-spoken. So being prepared for an opportunity is very, because you never know who you're going to meet. You never know. And I met many people that instilled many, many, many good values and lessons into me uh, from chance meetings like that. So if I'm a woman and I'm single, I'm not going to leave my house looking like I just rolled out of a, uh, the bed at a sleepover. As a te- You know, you see these women with, you know, hairs just just thrown up in a very sloppy bun or ponytail. They bags under the eyes. You know, sweatpants. Some of your stomach's hanging out of your because your shirt doesn't, and it's just like, you know, flip-flops. It's like, you, what, you know, <laughs> get your act together. You know what I'm saying? Like, get your act together, man. I'm not trying to be I, I'm not trying to be offensive, believe it or not. I'm just I'm just keeping it real. Like that, to me as a man, <clears throat> seeing that in public is an instant turnoff. Like that tells me, you know, here's a woman with a complete lack of... There's a couple times where, where my wife usually almost always tries to look presentable. But when, when we had Ada, there's a couple times I caught her leaving the house. And, I, you know, some the, the feminists would have a field day with this, but you can S my D. Um... Seriously. <laughs> okay. I have to care anything about what a feminist would say. It already tells me half your brain is atrophied. But anyways. She went to leave the house and it's like what I just described. Sweatpants and the, you know. I'm not saying you got to be dressed to the nights. Let's just look semi-presentable. And she doesn't need to look <clears throat> like any sort of way for anybody other than me. You know what I mean? I just um, <clears throat> I just think it's like also like respectful of everybody else around you. You know what I mean? And my, my wife always looks good when she goes out. It's like twice I've caught her and I've been like, hey, you're, you're, you're going out like that, huh? She's like, ah, and she goes in and throws something else. <laughs> She's going to be pissed when she hears this, but that's all right. We're, she could she could talk about my vulnerabilities and mistakes publicly. I talk about them. But anyways, so... I would try to like look very professional, not very professional, but I would try to look good. <laughs> I would, uh, if I'm single and I'm nearing my 30s as a woman and my biological clock is ticking, I'm not wearing sweatpants and flip flops everywhere with my hair up in a bun and no makeup. Doesn't matter if I'm going to the post office. Doesn't matter. You never know where you're going to meet that person. You know what I mean? You never know. And guys, same goes for you. You're walking around looking like a pile of dookie. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, learn how to dress as a man. That's a huge advantage over the, the, the dating pool. Oh, dude, we could have a whole episode on dating tips for men and women. And well, you're not dating. Have you been with the same person for nine years, ten years? Well, I do a lot of... I was saying the other day to a group, I'm, I'm like, I should be a professional matchmaker. <clears throat> I've facilitated a lot of relationships, a few marriages that kids have come out of. I could give you some advice. Trust me. And, uh, you know, ultimately I'm pulling into the gym now, but I, I do want to finish this. You know, ladies, I wouldn't, if you're single and you're listening to me, I would be going out looking like crap. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You take that whatever way you want to take it. You know, the other thing is, where, how are you spending your time, especially afternoons and weekends? So I had this conversation with a girl the other day, <laughs> one that I've known for a couple of years, and uh, she saw a picture of me, my wife, and Ada, and she's like, that's what I want, you know, I want that so bad, and I've been, you know, I've just been really looking for it and praying for it. I'm like, listen, unnamed person, I said, the last three or four weeks, I don't think I've seen you not out partying. Like, I think you're out Thursday nights, Thursday Thursdays, you're out Friday, you're out Saturday, and sometimes you're out Sunday. I'm like, you're partying four nights in a row. Let me just ask, you could do whatever you want. Let's just call her Sally. You could do whatever you want, Sally. I'm not telling you what to do. But what I am saying is, is you are now in your 30s. You're still partying four days a week. Do you think that you're going to meet a an honest, hardworking man with integrity that's ready to settle down for a family out partying four days a week? Do you think that's where you're going to meet that kind of a guy? No, the guy that's ready that's somehow still single, which is rare, but the guy that's ready to have a family, that's ready to settle down, that's ready to get serious about life and be, he is not out at the club four days a week. He's probably behind a desk or out in the, he's out working. And if he's not working, he's probably at home. I know so many good single guys right now very hard-working young men. And the, and the reason why they say they're single is they look around at the girls their age and they're out bottle service every other night. I, I'm just letting you know. The, uh, and, and this is going to rub some people the really, really roughly. And uh, I'm going to use some crude language here and I apologize in advance. But if I see you out partying multiple times a week or even multiple times a month, my first inclination as a man is that you're being ran through. That's my first. It might not be the case. It might That might not be the reality. You might have been celibate for three years for all I know. But my instinct when I see a woman that's out partying constantly is, dude, she's being passed around. Why do you think she's at... Why, she ain't paying for the bottles, so why is she at the table? What's she providing to somebody? Do you guys understand what I'm saying right now? I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be crude. I'm not trying to be any of that. But if you're out partying all the time, I'm assuming that you're just you're getting passed around. You're getting passed left and right. 
this lady's absolutely just staring at me. I don't know if she can hear me screaming through the. Wall. So you've gotta, you've gotta re, you gotta prioritize. And it's so funny because these girls will go out partying and then they like try to balance it by going to church. It's like you're not fooling anybody. And I get it. You want to have fun. You want to meet people. But there's, you know, how do you meet people? I, dude, look at the. How do I meet people? I don't know. There's this crazy, insane thing called the internet. You know what I mean? It's like, you know what I'm going to do? Oh my goodness. What a brilliant idea. I'm going to start a dating service. Because I know so many good women that are single. And I know so many good men that are single. I'm going to start a dating service. So there's going to be a monthly. You're going to pay me. So there's going to be like a monthly or a one-time fee to get in. And I'm going to assemble. Alright, I'm going to have the end the end episode here. I'm going to flesh this out as I'm punishing myself in the gym. Alright, point is, is this. If you want to find a good man, stop partying. Stop going out. Stop dressing like a hoe. You know what I mean? Stop putting your boobies and your butt away. You know what I'm saying? Nobody did save that for your husband. If you, I'm just saying, if you want to get married to a good man, I'm just, you know, if you want to get married to a good man, I'm just telling you what to do. That's all. A good man is not going to want to marry a good. It's empowering. No, it's not. It's not empowering. Like OnlyFans is empowering. That's empowering. You know what's, well, you know, you know what the sad thing now is, is that women have been duped and tricked into thinking that bodily autonomy and power is being able to kill your unborn child and get your boobs out on the Instagram and OnlyFans and selling pictures of your vagina for the price of a Wendy's Baconator. It's disgusting. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's oh my, empowerment. That's no, not empowering. It's not empowering. Tuck it all. Put it all back. All right. Delete everything and go back and do some reevaluate. All right. All right. Okay. I'm gonna, I don't want to lose this idea. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. Love you.